talked, and, and she doesn't do that very often, but I was so excited she explained the three different types of ways to give because next week we're going to have an opportunity to hear about how to give some alms. And I, I'm, I, she just set us up, so I'm not going to tell you more than that. Just next week. Now, we're not going to take an offering next week above and beyond this normal offering, so it's, it's not going to be a fundraiser, uh, but I just it's going to be fun next week. You won't want to miss it. Hey, turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 3 is a place of beginning. I feel the Lord really has something special in his heart and mind today for you. Reading out of the English Standard Version, in Acts 3, chapter 1, no, Acts 3, verse 1, <laughs> we're off to a quick start here today. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, which is 3 p.m. And a man lame from birth was carried, was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask, here it is, alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them. Can you say that with me? And he fixed his attention on them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And he immediately, his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Could you stand with me this morning? We prepare our hearts to receive from the Lord. Again, I'm going to pray that special prayer that we don't need we never need to should take for granted that it is possible that one human can speak a message that will go into every heart through the Holy Spirit. And you just get ready. God's got a special message for you today. Father, we pray in faith believing it would take a God of extraordinary ability to have one voice speak to all these hearts. Father, you're just that God for us today. You're just plenty big enough to do that today. So, Father, I pray that we prepare our hearts to have ears to hear what the Spirit is about to say to each one of us. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, Amen. Go greet somebody in the name of the Lord. All right. Jesus basically gave one very strong commandment over and over. He said, this I command you, love one another. And he says that because we need it as his children to be commanded at times to love each other. But isn't it awesome when nobody has to command you to do it? 
Isn't that awesome? It's just, I watch you guys, and I just think, I tell you to greet, but I'm trying to pull you back, and I'm almost commanding you to quit loving on each other. You know, I feel, I feel that way when I say, get back to your seats, you know. So bless you in that. If you would go back to Acts 3, and we're going to continue on with the story, moving on into chapter 4. What takes place is when this man, who they've seen every day at the temple gate, jumping around and praying. I mean, God doesn't do little tiny miracles, does he? He didn't just barely heal the guy. Now he can, you know, now the guy can, you know, shuffle along. I mean, this guy's leaping and dancing. Uh, it's like, oh my goodness, zero to 900 miles an hour in three seconds. And it is a wow for the people because they recognize him. They've never seen him upright before. They didn't even know how tall he was. And he's unraveled straight up before their eyes. And now he's jumping, praising God, giving God glory. And Peter and John then have to answer for this gladly in front of all these people from their nation in the temple they're meeting for the day of prayer, for the time of prayer. And, and Peter tells them, he says, listen, um, he says, it's not us who have done this. You know, this is the Lord. Why, why are you amazed that God could do this, so to speak? But that's something about the name above all names, isn't it? The name that's above crippled. The name that's above heartache. The name that's above sadness or anxiety. The name that's above my doubts and my fears and my unbelief. The name above my unforgiveness. The name above all the things on earth that can get us down in the dust with this man. I know that even though walking is prevalent in this building, there's a, all of us have been at a place where we couldn't get off the ground. I can bet you dollars to donuts that every one of you has experienced a situation where you can't get up off the ground. And it's interesting in moments like that, now, now, don't take me wrong. We look for a handout. We're looking for a hand up. It's natural. You should. You shouldn't say, I don't want any help up. I mean, sometimes you don't look for a hand up or a hand out, and you should because you're going to stay there without help. And there is not a one of us, preacher, pastor, apostle, doctor, lawyer, teacher, housewife, mother, house husband, whatever, who hasn't experienced that. None of us are above falling in the dust, unable to get up. This morning, if you are there or ever going to be there again in the future, just cry out his name. Know his name is above all things. And what I love about this story is the man doesn't get at all what he's asking for. He gets beyond what he's asking for. He's trying to figure out in his life what he needs. And, man, I can't imagine what he's eating for food without money. So he needs money. He needs sustenance. He needs alms from people. Now, they're going into the temple to give their tithes and their offerings. And that's why he's very specific saying alms. Because he had no right to ask, in a sense, for God's money. But an alm goes above and beyond. So he knew enough not to ask people to give more than their alms to him. 
And Peter and John look at him first, and then they command him, fix your gaze on us. We're not going to give you what you think you need because Jesus knows exactly what you need. So silver and gold have we none. I, I don't believe Peter was lying on that one, by the way. I don't think he had his money hid behind him and had his fingers crossed. Uh, but he said, I, I, I think the heart of a compassion of a Peter and John would be to give the guy something. And realizing we don't have money for him. I don't think Peter was mad at all. I think that Peter, his heart, I mean, when you, when you get into wanting to pray and lay your hands on people for a blessing, everything in you wants to give them that blessing. And I, I believe Peter was aware, oh, I can't give this guy anything today. I didn't bring anything with me. I just was coming to pray. Ah, I don't have silver and gold. And I, and I think that's what came out of Peter's mouth. Man, but I wished I could. No, I don't wish I had silver and gold. I'm glad I don't have silver and gold because such as we have. And all of a sudden he had an awareness that such as we have, we have the authority to heal you. We've been given the kingdom, the keys of the kingdom to heal you. In fact, my, my master, my Jesus commanded me, go into all the earth, pray for the sick, cast out demons, just wreak havoc on the kingdom of darkness. Have at it. Go after it. Steal from the devil to populate heaven. And Peter all of a sudden had an awareness that something came in him that had the authority to evoke the name of Jesus for healing. And he grasped this man by his right hand, strong arm, grabbed him so that he could jump him up, probably. And I became aware of something this week. And this is what we've got to realize about the Bible. The Bible is actually... No good to us if we feel like all the people that God can use were back in that day. I'm, I'm going to say that again and maybe in a different way. If you don't know that you're like Peter and John, then you've missed the point. There's no reason to read a book of the Bible in other than in historical curiosity if it does not apply to you and me like it applied to Peter, like it applies to John, like it applied to Paul, like it applied to An Andrew and Barnabas and all these men in the Bible, all these women in the Bible, this is a story of your life. How many chapters in the book of Acts? Somebody tell me quick. The Acts of the Apostles is what many say. How many chapters in the book of Acts? 28? I would argue we're now living Acts 29, amen? We are the next chapter of this book. There should be another chapter in your heart and mind that says, we too have received the same Jesus, this same Jesus who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said to his disciples, I want you to go into all the nations, teaching all the nations to be my disciples and teaching them all that I have said to you. So every promise, every command, every instruction, exhortation that God gives a disciple can be applied to your life in one way or another. Now, now don't think that every time you're in your boat on the ocean you should jump out, see if you can walk on the water. Don't try to duplicate other people's ministries. Don't live in their past. You listen to the Lord and know that God wants to do something as new to you as he did to Peter that day. 
that we need some new walking on water in this world today. We need somebody to do something that's never been done before like the way you're going to do it. You're going to be this generation's little David who fights a Goliath in an unconventional manner that might get ridicule, and yet it's the only thing that will slay a guy three times your size. We need those Davids today who will walk in faith believing, I am the man Jesus is with. I am the woman Jesus is with. And I'm just going to get real with you today. I felt like the Lord yesterday told me, you have the authority to heal people today, and I want you to ask for that. So if anybody is hurting today, we're going to have a healing time. I believe that God's no respecter of persons and that others of you have asked for the gift of healing in your life. And at the end of this message, which isn't going to go very much longer, I don't believe, I'm going to see if I'm prophetic, accurately prophetic. I'm going to ask you to have a healing gift to come forward and lay your hands on the sick. And the Bible says, if there be any, God says, if there be any sick among you, let them call for the elders and the elders will lay their hands upon them and, and pray over them the prayer of faith and they shall be healed. Now, I don't want a formula. We're going to say perhaps God, like Caleb did, you know, this is my mountain. God will give it to me. I, I'm believing there's going to be some of you out there that are going to go, Perhaps this is my day for healing. And you're going to come forward and submit yourself to the Lord and see what he can do for your life. But I believe God is giving the church authority to be like Jesus. Why wouldn't he want that? Why why would Jesus want to be a has-been today? Come on. I mean, you know, I I played college sports. I wear my letterman's jacket at home when you aren't watching just because. (laughs) That's called a has-been. God puts on the same coat of glory today that he had back then, and it has every bit as much power, and he's got every bit as much juice. His legs are just as young and strong. His hands and eyes can do all that they could do millennial ago. He can do it today. He can do it again. He's God still of the fiery furnace. He's still God of the lion's den. He's still God of all creation, and he's still God in the hearts of men. Little children, God is God and is God. I think Kevin said that twice now on a Sunday. God, God, God. I want your faith to arise, not in your abilities, not in your strength, In your weakness, God will show himself strong because if anything happens here today of astounding, miraculous things, we're going to be like Peter and say, it wasn't me. We we serve a mighty God. There's some of you that don't just have physical hurt, physical pain, physical injuries. You've got emotional, mental heart pain, heart aches, a torn heart, a dying heart. There's something in your life that has made your life sick. You may or may not have recognized that, but Jesus recognizes it. Today is a day when I want to say before you there is a name above every name in heaven. I want to read Philippians to you again. Guys, go there. I wasn't sure I was going to get to it, but let's go there. Philippians 2, verse... 8 through 10. 
And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted Jesus and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, everything in your life can bow. Every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. That covers everything in your life. Now, one of the things I realized in reading, and, and, and we, I'm just going to refer to chapter 4. And use this, this analogy to do it. If you could go into an enemy camp and hear what they are most terrified of, you'd want to lay that on them if you were their enemy. Let me say that again. If you're in a battle with somebody, you go into the enemy camp, and you hear what they're saying about you that they're terrified of, you'd unleash that upon them. One of the ways you know what the enemy is most terrified of is what he tells you to quit doing. Did everybody connect the dots on that? When an enemy says, don't you ever do that, why would you listen to him? He just identified the very thing that he's most afraid of. Yeah? And, and, and what's weird is the enemy's done that enough, he knows that a lot of times we buy it. We don't recognize the voice. So Peter and John, they are preaching the resurrected Jesus, that this Jesus healed him, who you crucified, yet he's still alive. And Jesus rose from the dead. He's as alive as we are here. Look at what Jesus just did to this man. He's not a has-been. He's not dead. He's alive today. And the Sadducees overheard. And because it says they were preaching Jesus and the resurrection, they arrested Peter and John. The Sadducees were a weird religious sect. They were in control. They were in the leadership of Jerusalem and over the religious society. It's, It's bizarre that these guys had earned their way, paid their way, clawed their way up the religious ladder to the top of the ladder. And the Bible says they did not believe in the afterlife, spirits, angels, or resurrection. That's why they were sad, you see. They arrested John and Peter because they preached a resurrected living Jesus. And Peter and John preached to him in verse 11 of chapter 4, this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has now become the cornerstone, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men for which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness, these religious leaders, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished and they recognized that these men had spent their life in the last three years with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. So verse 18, so they called them back and charged Peter and John 
and they charged them with this. Let's see if this is still applicable today. Let's see if some of you have felt or heard this in your spirit or even in your natural mind and ears for people that do not listen to what they say. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach. Here's the enemy. He's playing out his hand here. He's telling you what he does not want to hear. He's telling you what he's most afraid of. And he's saying to them, he charged them not to speak or teach at all in the what? Name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to him, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years crippled. Verse 29, and now, Lord, look upon their threats, Peter and John, saying, grant to your servants to continue to speak your mind, O God, to this world. God, help us to continue to speak your heart to this world, God. Don't let me get scared now, God. Don't let me back off now, God, because if I can speak the word of God with boldness, there will be healing in the land. There will be salvation. Men will leap in the marketplace. And you'll hear in that day, shut up about this Jesus. I tell you, there is a force that does not want you to just use his name, period. I have had a number of opportunities to pray at city council on Tuesday nights at the city of Meridian. Our mayor and our city council asked pastors to take turns starting the whole thing off with prayer. Now, every church from A to Z in this valley gets honored because they're part of the constituency, and if they're going to open that door up, they need to be fair about it. They are a public entity. But when I got up to pray, how many of you know I love Jesus? And I try to love him. How many know I'm not perfect, but I try hard? Okay. I felt a pressure to close that prayer in his precious name. Amen. You know what I wanted to say? What would you want to say? In Jesus' mighty, precious, wonderful, awesome name, Jesus Christ, 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 Jesus, yay, Jesus, amen. And I knew there was something about that name that somebody didn't want to come out. And the somebody wasn't flesh. There is a spirit that says, do not use that name. You can heal. I mean, they didn't say don't heal anybody anymore. They said always, and they get beat up by the leaders, the religious leaders twice. This religious spirit will say, no longer speak, and it's very clear, no longer speak in that name. No longer mention that name. You can heal, you can come for prayer, you can read out of your Bible, just don't say Jesus. I don't know if you've ever felt that. It's so much easier just calling him Lord, which he is. And I'm not saying you should get obnoxious about it. But I'm saying, I bet every one of you have felt it. It feels so much more open and friendly just to say, you know, the Lord's really, really good to me. I'm a follower of the Lord. But if you say I'm a disciple of Jesus, or I, Jesus, there's something 
about that name. Now again, be wise, don't be silly. Just recognize the enemy hates more than anything else that name. In World War II, uh, prior to World War II, uh, Winston Churchill was really involved in politics, but he was abysmal failure at a lot of things. And he was really abrasive. Nobody liked him. But very early on, before World War II, shortly after World War I, he began to have an awareness he did not like Germany. Because there was this guy raising up from Austria on into Germany, and he's watching. And Winston Churchill, in a prophetic tone, began to beat a drum. Hitler, watch out for Hitler. Hitler, watch out for Hitler. When there was no reason to watch out for Hitler. And people kept saying, well, you shut up. Winston, you know, we don't need another World War II with these guys. We just got done with number one. You're inciting people. You're, you're going to anger Germany. And, but he kept pounding. And as bad as a politician as he was, when Germany played its hand through Hitler, the light bulb came on because the prior prime minister tried to make nice with Hitler. And it was... Not a good result. Because he took Hitler at his word. Have you ever taken the enemy at his word? If you say one more word, I'm going to blah de blah blah you. Oh, I don't want that to happen. Why do you believe in him? Why do you? Because we do. He's, he's not coming at us with a pitchfork and pointy ears. He might be in the voice of a teammate, a classmate, a worker. And, and they aren't possessed. But there's some urgings that come in in the spirit against what you are and what you have and the name by, that resides in your bosom. And when Hitler played his hand of aggression, Britain woke up, they voted Winston Churchill in and nobody really liked him in the political arena very well and the king really struggled in England. But the king said this, If you ask Hitler, who scares him the most in the world, it's that name, Churchill. And anybody that scares Hitler, I want on my team. And he supported Winston Churchill as a monarch and gave Winston the power to run the government via the king's endorsement. It's purely on the fact that we just voted in the one guy that scares that nut. Jesus is the guy that scares that nut. Jesus is the name that scares. I, I don't care if everybody in the world embraces Jesus. That's the name the devil does not want to hear. He's not afraid of Buddha. He's not afraid of Muhammad. He's not afraid of any other God. In fact, he encourages you to use their name freely among yourselves. You will not feel the pressure. Until you use the name Jesus. There's just, isn't there just something about that name? It's powerful. And I got to tell you, from what we can tell, the name of Jesus still has goodwill in the world. Really, the majority of people, if you ask them to describe Jesus, even if they've never asked him in their heart, whether they never read the Bible, there's an impression of that name of who he is. 
that even permeates into the lost soul. They don't really link him with the crusades personally or with asking for more money than widows can give. They don't really link Jesus to that. I, I haven't found them saying, I wish Jesus would quit telling all his people to take money from the widows. That would, no, even unbelievers don't really believe Jesus is telling the, the person to take money from the widows. They, they don't probably even believe Jesus told them to go on crusades and kill people. And, and I, I don't, I'm not smart enough to go back in time and know all the hearts of all those people, but I'm telling you, most people, even if they're non-believers, don't attach Jesus to those things. Now, you can do your own survey and come back and fill me in, but it just seems there's still something about that name. I, I had a dear relative that when she would be distraught at night and couldn't sleep as a little girl, she would just picture the manger scene and peace would just come into the house. Anybody ever scared as a little kid at night when it got dark and the house made weird noises? Our house would click at an unrhythmic rate every minute, 12 minutes, 20 minutes, click. What was that? It used to drive me nuts because you could never predict when it was. It was like the. So you're kind of on pins and needles all night long. And when she told me, I just imagined the manger scene. And baby Jesus, when she first said that, I tried it and peace just came in. It was like, I don't know what it is. Everything about Jesus, just he's the prince of peace. And he can heal your heart. All right, Lori, I'd like you to come up. There's something about the name of Jesus that wants to still be real in the world today. A real Jesus, a King of kings, a Lord of lords. One who can say through every circumstance of your life, yes, you've got to heal, you've got to curve. This may be an uphill battle, but I want to tell you, I'm here with you. It's going to be okay. I'm going to give you peace through the valley. I'm going to give you peace through the hill. I'm going to give you peace in this life. And you will find my name is greater than any other name. I, I'll never forget, Susie and I were first married living in Moscow and we were going to Kellogg to church and our little feather duster and they called it a feather duster because it was a very very light cheap duster Dodge duster Plymouth and those of you that know me will be shocked but I was driving a little fast around this corner <laughs> Susie was younger tougher than she didn't seem to be as bothered by the way I drive because she's learned over time to be bothered by the way I drive it was still early in the relationship and it was raining, and we were part way between Moscow and Coeur d'Alene. Many of you would probably know the turn at Plummer or somewhere. David, I don't know you'd know. Potlatch, yes, big sweeping turn in Potlatch. And we're going around that turn, natural speed, but not in the rain, and my light car begins to plane on the rain in Spain. And I'm, I'm in pain. <laughs> And all I remember, I can still to this day feel the car do this, and I'm looking 90 degrees to my left. Car facing this way, we're going this way. And all I could say was, Jesus. Did I say it out loud, Susie? You might have said it too, I don't know. I, I think dummy came out of your mouth, I don't remember. 
I was, I was concentrating. I can't really remember what I heard, but something like that. <laughs> and I said, Jesus. And it was like, we're going down the road normal. I, I swear, I, Susie and I both talked about that. It's like, you are not Mario Andretti. You can't come out of a power slide. I mean, they didn't even have drifting in those days for young people. So I wouldn't have known how to do it if you'd even given me lessons for five days. And that car went from 190 degrees this direction, going around a turn, to facing straight ahead down the road in the middle of my lane, in the middle of the rain. The name of Jesus will straighten your life out in a miraculous way. I'd like you to stand with me this morning and get ready to receive from this powerful one who loves you with all his heart and might, who's given his life for you, has given his blood for you, and by his stripes he wants to make you whole this morning. Every part of your life whole this morning. So I want those of you that know that God has given you a gift of healing. I want every elder in the house. That's not just board members. There's elders that are beyond, around the board. You don't have to be on the board to be an elder. You know who I'm talking to. You're an elder in the faith, male or female. You've got a, a ministry, a heart of compassion to pray for the hurting, the lost. As soon as I get done making the call of everybody that has an opportunity to come forward, I want all of you that are prayers, all of you that are healers, all of you that, I know Jesus is a healer, all of you that have the gift of healing. I want you to come up around these folks and very tactfully pray for them. Don't force them. Maybe ask them what they would like. If they say it's a personal thing, just let it be and just pray quietly over their life. But there are four groups that I'm going to ask if you want healing today in your life. First off, if you do not know Jesus, there is a hole inside of you so big you've wondered how to fill it. And I'm telling you, he can make you whole today. The thing you've been looking for, that lost soul will come home today if you ask Jesus to take residence in your heart. And you have faith that it's real. Now, what will happen is you don't have to have all the things figured out or all the knowledge or faith. The Bible says if you have the faith of a mustard seed, he'll move a mountain into your life. And if you would like to have Jesus fill the gap in your life, fill the hole, maybe you've had a pretty good life so far, but I'm speaking to you now that you, you, there's just something missing from your life. I'm telling you, you're only partially here on this earth until you have Jesus. He will fill in the mystery of why you're feeling the way you're feeling. Give him a chance today to just come in and say hi to you. Just meet Jesus and I'll walk away because that's all it'll take. If I can just get you to say hi to Jesus and you open up to let Jesus say hi to you, you will be hooked for the rest of your life because you'll find the love of your life. So in just a minute, when I ask everybody to come, I want you to come forward, ask Jesus, just talk normal. You don't have to have a special prayer. Just say, I, I, you know what pastor said. Look at him in the eye and grab his hand and let him pull you up in life. Second group, you've received Jesus Christ, but the Bible says that Peter said on the day of Pentecost, in the name of Jesus and by the name of Jesus, he wants to give you a gift of the Holy Spirit. And there's some of you that would like to be more bold in your testimony, but you haven't been able to come up with the courage. And I'm telling you, you're just like me. You're just like Peter. Nobody has courage without having the power to become his witness. God's not mad at you. 
He's not condemning you. He's just saying, hey, do you want the juice that helps this happen? Do <laughs> you want to plug into this and you'll have all the energy and motivation you need? And I'll give you wisdom and I'll tutor you and I'll help you. And you'll be effective in the earth and you will scare the bejeebers out of the devil all the days of your life. Those of you that have never asked intentionally to receive the Holy Spirit, when I ask you to come forward, would you come forward and just, like pastor said, Jesus, and just receive from him and have faith. There are some of you that need the gift of rise up. Come on, get up. You've been knocked out. You're on your back. You're on the mat. Get up. I want to get up, God. I don't have the strength. Look at my eyes. Grab my hand. Rise up. From this day forward, God wants to pull you out of the dust today and wants to allow you to rise up. You are dead in the water right now, and you can feel it. Let him elevate your station of life. Fix your eyes on him and grab his mighty hand today. When I call for the offer to come forward, you come. And be risen in Jesus and walk again with your head up and the dust falling off of you. And there, the last group, you need healing. You need healing. You just need healing. The Bible says, if there be any sick among you, let them call for the elders. And we will lay hands on you and you shall be made whole. For the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. And we're going to put righteous people around you. Not righteous in their own way, but righteous through Christ. And they're going to pray a fervent prayer over you. And God says, I will raise you up. And if you've committed any sin, I will forgive you. Don't think you're not worthy. And don't think you've got to get the sin out of your life before God wants to clean you up. You might as well wash your car before you take it to the car wash. You might as well, ladies, clean your house before the maid gets there. It says that's still, you cannot clean up your own life. So don't beat yourself up and don't let the enemy tell you you aren't worthy. God wants to heal you, wants to heal you physically, mentally, emotionally. Some of you have heart scars. Some of you have areas where somebody didn't forgive you. And you would love for that daddy to come back and say, Daddy, just give me silver and gold. And God says, You may not get that. But such as I have, be healed and walk in wholeness from this day forward. And a miracle will happen even though you can't get what you want. It'll be okay anyway. Can you get me when I say that? Sometimes we look for other people to give us what we need and they can't or they won't or they don't. Why should you be stuck in the mud for their decision? When there's a Jesus that has a will to override their act and heal your life. And he might say, I don't have that for you, but such as I have, I give you. All right. Lori, are we going to sing? As soon as Lori starts singing, if, if God spoke to your heart, you come up here and receive from him today because there's authority in Jesus' name in this house today. There is authority to heal, save, deliver. In Jesus' name, come on. Come on up and then you prayer warriors gather around and begin to minister to these people. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yeah, come on. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. Oh, come to the beautiful gate this morning. Hallelujah. Yay, God. Hallelujah. 
Oh, yeah, beautiful gate. Beautiful gate. The beautiful gate. Come on. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. There was a little Zacchaeus that there was a little Zacchaeus that couldn't come forward and Jesus stopped and said, You there. And if you haven't come forward today and you know you're the you there, I'd like with every head bowed for you to raise your hand. I'm gonna pray for you right now. You didn't come up, but you're still wanting something from God, and God still sees you. You don't earn healing, so he's not mad you didn't come forward. He's saying, I spot you up there in that tree. You think you're small. You think you're not noticed, but I see you, and I want to come to your house today and eat dinner with you. You're my chosen one, even though you didn't come forward. Right now, in Jesus' name, close your eyes, and everybody who wants God to touch their life out there, you raise your hand right now, and we're going to pray in faith, believing God, you see their heart, you see their hands, you see their life. They are not hidden from you. They are not invisible from you. And God, right now, you're telling them, I see you. I'm shining a light on you. And today I will be with you for now and forever. I will not leave your side. I will be closer than a brother. Whither you go, I will be there even to the ends of the earth. Right now, Jesus, heal your people. Touch their hearts, their minds, their emotions, their finances, God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. In Jesus' name, healing, healing, healing. Grab his hand right now. Grab his hand and don't let go. Fix your eyes on Jesus and grab his hand and don't let go. Every morning you get up, look at Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus and grab his hand. 
every morning, grab Jesus. Thank Jesus. Ask Jesus. Praise Jesus. For there's no other name under heaven by which we can be saved. In Jesus' name. We're going to allow ministry to continue where they don't feel pressured to have to leave early. Uh, Because these loving Christians always feel bad that you're having to wait for them. So we're just going to free them to stay as long as they want. And in Jesus' name, David, would you just dismiss us in prayer? David's going to dismiss you in the Lord. If you still want to come forward, the altar's always open. Jesus, the powerful and mighty name of Jesus. Father, we just thank you this day that we can call out the name of Jesus and it brings salvation to our hearts and to our lives. It brings healing. It brings wisdom. It brings that way out when we don't see any way out. Jesus, let your will be done in this house and in these hearts and these lives today. We thank you for your saving grace. We thank you for your healing power. We thank you for a release from stress. We thank you for peace. Jesus, you are Lord of lords and King of kings, and we thank you. And we go out now, Lord God, to rejoice in who you are and all that you are doing in our hearts, in our lives, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. We thank you, Jesus. You are dismissed this day.